Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, my friends, I want to let you all know that my very first book, The Path of an Eagle, How to Overcome and Lead, after being knocked down, is now available for pre-order. I'll make sure the link is available in the show notes below. All right, my friends, let's do the show. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome, everyone, to the Storybox. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the story box together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. How can we go about understanding those people who can't be understood? And are you overshadowed by a narcissist in your life? Are you worn out by their constant demands for attention? Do you even know what a narcissist is? Do you know that their absolute belief that they are the ones that are right, even when they clearly are not, can seemingly weigh us down? Their determination to do what they want, regardless of the impact, and their baffling need to control everyone and everything around them. Today, my friends, I am delighted to welcome Thomas Erickson to the Story Box. Now, Thomas is a behavioral guide lecturer and leadership coach. He has worked for many years with the tools described in the in his books, such as Surrounded by Idiots, which went on to sell millions, and I mean millions of copies worldwide. Surrounded by Idiots, The Four Types of Human Behavior or How to Understand Those Who Can't Be Understood, which we do touch on during this conversation. And his other books, Surrounded by Psychopaths, How to Protect Yourself from Being Manipulated and Exploited in Business. And his latest book, which is coming out very, very soon, Surrounded by Narcissists, How or How to Stop Other People's Egos Ruining Your Life. And, and do you know someone currently in your life or are you the sort of person that allows your ego to take control over your life? And it seems like we are breeding more and more narcissists in this world around us and we do touch on that during this conversation, which I really think is quite fascinating and something that we we should all be mindful of uh, as we go about living this life. Am I Am I becoming a narcissist or am I displaying signs of narcissism for not just myself, but those people around me? Thomas also has some other books surrounded by setbacks and surrounded by bad bosses. 
He has helped thousands of individuals using the DISC tool. He runs a consultancy business with a focus on changing behavior in different types of organizations. And he's a coach to a number of executives every year in the Swedish business world. The Surrounded By series, which I mentioned uh, some of the books that he's written in that series, are his popular science-based books about communication and manipulation. And they have been on the top of the list since the first book was released back in 2014. With the global success of the books, they have continued to rank high on top lists all over the world in countries such as Finland, Norway, Poland, UK, USA, and even in my country of Australia. I actually found Thomas's book, Surrounded by Idiots, in my local bookstore and did some thorough research, I should say, into his work, and I had to reach out to him and see if he would be interested in having a conversation, and lo and behold, we had a conversation, and my goodness, was it a real treat. I think you guys are going to really get so much from Thomas, his story, his wisdom, and his advice. We do touch on narcissism quite a bit in this conversation, just because I think in today's day and age, we we really need to get a, a grip on this, and uh fix it <laughs> essentially. So we also talk about how we can go about uh, fixing it uh, in, in today's world. And if you do know someone that is displaying uh, the symptoms of, of narcissism, you can obviously point it out to them or you can uh, at least try and, and help them fix, which is a major, major problem and don't let it continue. So if you, if you do get something from this one, my friends, please do share it around to all your friends and your family. Let everyone know about this one. Greatly appreciate it if you could share this one around. Don't forget to leave a rating and review over an Apple podcast would go a long way in helping spread the, the messages and, and the stories all around the world even more. Don't forget, my friends, that my very first book, The Path of an Eagle, How to Overcome and Lead After Being Knocked Down, is now available for pre-order in Australia, the US, pretty much everywhere. You can get your books uh, these days, which is honestly amazing. And I would love each and every one of you, if you could go and pre-order a copy, if that interests you, um, just to help support me and and the book and just to help support yourself as well, because the tools and the stories in there uh, useful. And that's why I wrote the book. So if you can do it, go do that. Links for that will be in the show notes below too. All right, my friends, you know what time it is. It is time to journey with me into this story box and learn more about how we can spot narcissism, how we can fix it and why we're surrounded by idiots, what that means and understanding the four types of human behavior as we journey into this story box and listen to the incredible wisdom, the advice and the stories of none other than Thomas Erickson. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you so much for making the time to be here, my friend. Very much looking forward to diving into your work and learning more about human behavior. I think that is something that has fascinated me for a very much, a very long time. So learning about the science and experience from your your end would be, yeah, quite quite interesting. But before we dive into that, my very first question for you is, what does success look like for you, either personally or in the business sense? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a great way to start, I guess. What does success look like? Well, to me, it's obvious that it's very different for, for different people. For me, it is mostly freedom, I would say, 
to be free to use my time the best way possible. Well, according to me, at least to be free to to spend my days the way I want to spend them. And I do. In that way, I am very successful, even though though there are a lot of things still to achieve. But um, to have to have the opportunity to do what you love and what you really it sounds like a cliche, but it's it's very rare that you meet people who actually can spend their days. I mean, Monday, Sunday, doing exactly what they want to do. I have that good fortune to, to be able to do that. And I'm, I feel very successful in that way, uh, actually, which makes me not feeling like I'm working at all, really. <laughs> For me, that's fantastic. Did you ever think when you're growing up that you'd be doing what you're doing today? No, 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 no. When I was, when I was young, when I was a child and, and, and in my uh, adolescence and, and as a young man, I had no idea what to do. That is one thing that I, I, I feel bad about a little bit when it comes to myself. I never considered these things. I never sort of pondered where am I going? I was in this, you know, yearly performance talks with my uh, bank director, I'm an ex-banker actually, and he said, well, Thomas, where will you be in the next five years? You know, and when I was 20, I didn't know what to do next week. So for me, me that somebody should have told me, you have to think about these things, you know, I wish somebody did that. Well, I, here I am anyways, but, you know, these things are worth uh, considering, I think. <laughs> what were your 20s like? <laughs> no, no. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I only ask that because I'm in my twenties at the moment. And if you could give like any advice to a 20 year old or someone that is in the stages at the moment of trying to figure out what they want to do in their life, what would you say to them? Uh, that would be something like this. Uh, obviously based on what I didn't do is to, well, it touches upon what I just said, to plan a little bit ahead. You don't have to plan your whole life. Obviously, you can't do that because things will happen to you along the way. But what I wish I had done was to think things through a little bit and tested more different stuff, tested different educations, tested different you know, ways of building a career, tried to develop myself in a much earlier state and pushing myself much, much harder. Because when you're young, you can work really, really hard. You have a huge potential. And I was, I, I've never been lazy, but no, no, I, I had a nine to five. I, again, and then I went out with my friends, I watched TV, you know, I wasted five or six hours a day. And for me nowadays, that look, that sounds kind of stupid according to me, when I look at what I did with my time, watching a movie once every week, every evening. Well, how about once a week and do something, you know, invest your time in something really, really valuable. Do that and test your limits while you're young. Yeah. Test where your limits are. How much can you work? Can you work 50 hours a week? Can you work 60 hours a week? Because if you do, if you invest your time, before you're 30 years old, then you actually, I mean, the ramifications are awesome, but you have to do it. You have to do something and be more aware, I would say, and where you're going. That would be some kind of blurry advice, I guess. So learn as much as you possibly can in your 20s. Exactly. Is that right? 
Yeah. Try as much as you can. Experiment. Yeah. I like that advice. Don't take it your weight. Because, mm. yeah, it, it, it sometimes feels like for me that my life is going like this quite a bit. <laughs> like it's all over the place because I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out what I particularly want to do for the rest of my life. And because for the longest time, people have told me I should do this and stick to it. But for me, I don't particularly want to. The only thing I've stuck to for the longest time is doing this because I love doing it. And there's something about doing it because I'm learning something new every single time I'm speaking to someone. But for everything else, I'm just like, no, I don't want to do that long term. I'm okay. I'll do it for a short term and then move on to the next thing. But is that something that sort of like for human behavior as, as we're growing up, like, is that something that changes over time as we get older or does age plays play a factor with our behavior when it comes to choosing things we want to do? I believe so. Yes. I mean, age is usually slowing people down a little bit. Not everybody. If you take somebody like, which I know, that you have had on your uh, on your podcast like take somebody like grand cardone yeah he's a turbo engine and he, and he will always be a turbo engine usually people slow down a little bit i would say but it's hard to generalize but i i i truly believe that you should you should uh, i mean you're doing this podcast and you're really successful doing that that's why you're sticking to it i would guess I don't know you. I just met you, Jay. But but still, you're doing it because, well, you like it. Maybe you love it, and you you're actually good at it. So so great. That's fantastic. I think people say, when I'm saying try as much as you can when you're young. You can't do everything at the same time. Try one thing and see where it takes you. To try another thing and see where that takes you. You have to focus on one thing at a time, probably, but you don't have to stick to one thing your whole career. That's that, that's bygones. We don't do that anymore, which I think is fantastic because, you know, my father is an engineer. He's close to 90 now, and he's been an, an engineer, you know, since the early 50s. So why wouldn't I be an engineer? And we, we live in different times now, and I think that's fantastic. So use it. I, what, I, what frustrates me most is when I see Actually, when I see, okay, I'm balancing on a thin edge here, but when I see young people waste their life by doing really nothing, for me, that's kind of sad to see. And I realize it's hard to find your path. I understand that. As I just said, I had a really troublesome time finding my, my way through the confusion of starting a family when I was 24 and taking on my first managing position at the age of 24. That was really confusing. Really, it was it was a well, it was a mess to be honest. But I learned and I, I developed myself, and I sort of I, I banged my head against many walls, and I, I came out as as a wiser man, of course. So you have to test things, you have to try it out and see where it takes you. And, and uh, just binging Netflix isn't going to take you anywhere. No. It actually isn't. And and you know, I got this question. If I would rather be old and rich or young and poor, and the answer is easy, it's an easy answer. I don't even have to say it. I mean, youth, you can't buy. That's the only thing you can't buy. So, but spend your time wisely. Do that. It's gonna, it's gonna lead you a fantastic 
that. So do it really, please. <laughs> For those young people at the moment that are wasting their life, what what is the difference between in, in terms of their behavior, what's motivating them to do literally nothing compared to someone that is, say, young, the same age as that same person, right, that is doing nothing compared to that person? Okay, so if, if that person is, is really, really young, they're motivated to do something, whereas someone is the same age, but they're not motivated to do anything. What's going on with their behavior? What What's the difference there, you reckon? Well, I don't know. I think there's a combination of things. Probably the person who's actually trying to do something, probably he or she has something with with them from 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 uh, from their family from their parents they probably have some role models maybe they had uh, parents who were entrepreneurs who are entrepreneurs as an example just an example um maybe they have a different personality type maybe they have a different drive mm. maybe they have some other stuff that motivates them actually i mean there's a lot of reasons to to why people do what they do but what's important to understand is when we are young we we sort of form the habits that actually will, will guide us through our, through our lives. And, and the younger you are, when you, you establish one certain habit, the more dangerous that habit is. If it's a good one, it's a good one. If it's a bad one, it's really a bad one. And it's, it's like, you know, it's like shooting an arrow, you know, 100 meters. If you, if you, if you aim one millimeter wrong here, it doesn't look really very, very terribly bad. It doesn't matter. But over there, it's gonna, you're gonna miss it with 10 meters, you know. So what you do in, in, in the beginning of your, well, if you talk about a career or how you are building, you know, strong and powerful relationships to, 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 to people, which is my, my field, uh, of, of competence, uh, if you if you do it correctly, you, you're going to use it your whole life. If you mess things up all the time and you never know why, I mean, because you don't know how people perceive you when you present yourself to them or to the world or whatever, you have to sort of, um, you have to understand it affects everything that you do. Uh, but you need to, to look at it. Uh, you have to sort of observe it. You have to observe yourself in order to understand what's going on there. Uh, I mean, the, the person who isn't using his or her time in, in a valuable way, and I'm not saying we have to, you know, start a business or make money or whatever. That's not the point. Connecting it to your question about well, what success means for me, whatever they think is successful, as long as they spend time doing those things, taking them on that path in order to go wherever they want to go. Doesn't matter. I, I, I don't judge anyone. If your if your goal is to play video games, then you might be on the right in, in the right spot. But when you're in your early 40s and you get you, your goal is still to play video games, I don't know. Maybe that sounds a bit uh hard but is that really your goal in life yeah. eating potato chips and play video games it has to be something else to it or what do you think yeah i i agree with you i think yes it is relative to that person but i i i'm one of those high achievers that i love to be doing something i barely ever stop but i would think that 
would just be a waste of my precious time and life because you only get one go at this life, right? Like, and why waste it doing literally nothing with it? I mean, that's not really, for me, the joy of life is learning and growing. And if I'm not learning and growing, then I, I, I feel like what's the point of being here? So that's the way I look at it. Um, and that's what guides my behavior more with what I do with not just the podcast, but with everything else that I try and learn as a result. And the, yeah, the things that I, that I enjoy doing are, are as, as a result of me wanting to become better as a, as a person. And that's because I value my youth, <laughs> Thomas. I love it because I know that I've spoken with so many older people and sure, it would be great to be old and wise, <laughs> but that's not me at the moment. I'm, I'm young and hopefully I'm a bit smarter than other people, but uh, yeah, that's the way I see it. Yeah. Yeah. The way I see it and think about it, to be honest with you. Well, that's great. That's great. I I am actually a mentor for a couple of young young men here in in Sweden. I am mentoring and coaching people all over all over Europe. Actually, uh, no one in Australia yet. Maybe due to the time uh, difference, which is quite big. Uh, but uh, and to the young people, I usually say work as hard as you can, as I just said before, and test your limits. And if you're not really tired and if your goals aren't scaring you, you're still not trying hard enough. You have to really, really stretch yourself. And some of them do and some of them say, hey, that's too much work. I'm not into that. And that's fine as long as you make a conscious decision. What I didn't do when I was young, when I was 24, I, I, as I said, it was not a con conscious decision. It was nothing, okay, I'm going to do this. I just stumbled into one thing after another, and it turned out pretty okay anyways. But what if I had had a plan, you know? How about me thinking, what would I like to achieve next half year or the next year or the next three years? What if I actually considered what my bank director asked me, where will you be in five years? Instead of saying... How the heck should I know? What if I actually <laughs> try to answer the question? You know, why did he let me off the hook that easily? I, I, I blame him a little bit. <laughs> oh, I can't blame anyone else but my, me. We're all self-made. Only the successful people, only the successful people admit it though. So <laughs> what, is, what if you suffer, say you are going through life and you are progressing you are achieving great things and then all of a sudden you encounter negative feedback or you encounter what you would describe as i guess in your book setbacks how would you navigate that conversation with someone to keep them moving forward and not get bogged down in that set setback well when it comes to setbacks and, and troubles and problems and and crisis you know that's that, that's life that's life. I mean, a lot of people growing up now, they've never seen a recession, for instance. Yeah. They've never seen a really bad economy. Maybe we'll see some of it now. I don't think it's going to be that terrible, but but it, it's it's uh, it's part of life. You, life is a roller coaster. It sounds like a stupid cliche, but it's kind of a roller coaster, isn't it? And um, you just have to accept it's that kind of planet. It is what it is, and you have to deal with it. I don't think 
I mean, successful people, if you talk about success, regardless what area you work in, uh, that's not the ones who, who never get a setback or never achieves seriously bad feedback. It's the ones who never give up. Those yeah. are the successful ones. But we, we all get smacked on our noses one time after another. It's just the way it is. And in, in the, the book that you referred to, Surrounded by Setbacks, I, I made a list that was actually coincidental, I would say. I, I decided to make a list of my own setbacks in life. Mm-hmm. I had some bad experience when it comes to the media here, here, in, here in Sweden because uh, well, I was doing too good and somebody had to take me down and, and they tried. It didn't work, but it's a part of the game as well. I didn't like it, but I accepted it as a, as a, uh, as a phenomenon, I guess, in a way. And then I compared that to sitting at my mother's deathbed, actually, and I realized some bad writings in media. I can live with that. You know, the really bad stuff is, is when you lose a friend you lose a parent, you are losing a child. I cannot imagine that pain. It's impossible to, to, to take in that kind of horrible experience, I guess. But we have to put things in perspective. Missing a bus, that's annoying. But, you know, it's a really tiny detail. It really doesn't matter. It's a new bus in, bus in five minutes, right? Yeah. And sometimes I think people are, are kind of making a fuss about basically nothing uh, we shouldn't do that <laughs> i think there are so many great things to achieve so so don't get stuck in in the small tiny details don't do that I mean, accept it things can it's going to rain on your parade sometimes and it's just the way it is i mean accept it and learn how to deal with it yeah basically uh, thank you for sharing that i've always said because this is what i've learned in failure or in setbacks you learn one of life's most greatest lessons, which is humility. It's like you're not infallible at all. You're not better than anyone else. You are just, you're a human being on this roller coaster ride of life. And I, I love saying that because we're on this roller coaster ride, strap yourself in because it's going to be one heck of a bumpy ride, but enjoy the ride. <laughs> That's for sure. It is, it is, yes. But it's fascinating also. And, and, and I mean, you talk to a lot of people, uh, I talk to a lot of people, I meet a lot of people and I coach fantastic individuals. I mean, really, really super uh, serial entrepreneurs and CEOs for really big companies and they make huge amounts of money and they are, are trusted and, and, and highly valued and admired. And still they say, I'm confused, you know. Why is this happening to me? And why is that happening to me? Could you please help me deal with that? And, and so nobody gets away from that. Nobody, you know, there's, there's no free cars. If you scratch the surface on the most fantastic individual, your most accomplished idols on the planet, if you, if you scratch the surface, you don't have to scratch very long to find something really dirty in there, some, some horrible pains or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Everybody suffers in one way or another. And I think we have to, as I said before, we have to accept that as a fact. We don't have to like it, but we have to accept it, I think. That's my true belief, to be honest. Yeah. When you mentioned that your mother was on a deathbed, can you remember some of the lessons, some of the greatest lessons that she taught you that you've held dear to your heart today? And have they helped you with the current work that you're doing? Yes, actually, she was 
a very, very kind person, maybe too kind, maybe too too nice and friendly. And 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 uh, she never put a foot down and said, hey, I don't want to do that. She 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 was but she was she but she was a true helper. She she had a really, let's say, an open heart to anybody who wanted to to sort of spill it out, if you know what I mean. And the whole family, you know, cousins and aunts and, and uncles, they called her up and said, hey, listen to this. And she listened. She never interrupted. She listened and she gave, then she gave some advice, I guess. Uh, but what, what that taught me was because I am, as, as in my fundamental personality, I am not a terribly good listener. I'm actually kind of a poor listener. But I have practiced active listening, not looking like I'm listening, but actually listening, which is actually not the same thing, I would say. You know, nod and take notes, but how about listening instead of pretending, you know? <laughs> but uh, so I have trained myself to turn that switch on. And I usually think, what would my mother do in this situation? She would probably be quiet and wait and see what happened. So I'm practicing that a lot, actually. And uh, that has helped me in my coaching, in my mentoring uh, uh, sessions to not be so hasty and rush in and say, okay, you should do this, you should do that. Instead of just waiting it out and see, if I don't say anything, where will he go in this conversation? And that is very, very helpful, extremely helpful. I think so too, actually. To be honest, like it is one thing that you got to learn doing podcasting, Thomas. It's the art of active listening. <laughs> so I am trying my best to get better and better at it as as the uh, the guests come on. Um, it is it is difficult, especially with timing differences and and all that sort of stuff. But no, I'm I am grateful that you are listening to me right now. So I did want to ask you as well, what sort of what sort of possessed you or, or, or led you into writing a book about human behavior? Like what sort of fascinated you about human behavior? That's a great question. And, and I'm going to give you the true answer. That wasn't the plan. Again, <laughs> I had no plan, but I made a couple of really stupid mistakes when I was young. I mean, it's, it, it really started when I, I took on my first managing position at the age of 24 at a bank, uh, responsible for 13 people, all women. And I said to myself, this is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I Yes, it sounds really stupid. And it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 have no, I, I, I have no excuses for this, but yeah. <laughs> but anyways, but and the thing is, I was a good salesman, so I could sell anything to anybody. So I so I said during the recruitment process, I said, take me. I'm all good at this. I can do this. Uh, for some reason, they bought me and they said, well, welcome on board. And I, I, I really messed things up because selling is one thing. Leading people is a different story. They are connected because it's both about communication and reaching out to people and making them listen and, and you know, all, all that stuff. So, so there are some connections, but it's a different job being a specialist or being a leader, which is kind of a generalist in a way. And I, 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 everything people told me, they came to me with questions and I said, well, fix it. And, and then they, well, how about this? Well, fix it. Well, how about that? Well, fix it, fix it, fix it. That's all I had. I, I didn't know. I didn't know. Because, hey, I'm here managing things, supervising things, you know. 
And after eight months, I went to my manager's manager and said, you have to take me out of this equation. I don't know what I'm doing here. And he said, you better stay put, Sonny, because your manager is even worse than you. She is not even here. That's a true story. So I said, oh, but this is this is painful. He said, you stick to it and we'll see what happens. After a year, I met, I actually succeeded in sort of getting myself out of that. And you, you know, when you... <laughs> just have to tell you this little anecdote you know when you sit when you're leaving your job you sit around a coffee table uh, you know somebody has bought some cake and and you they give you a present and wish you the best for your future career I, they didn't give me anything you know there was some coffee maybe some some biscuits and and i gave them a plant and said i'm i'm so sorry <laughs> please forgive me for the last year i messed it up i know i know one lady she felt so bad for me after a while so at the end of the meeting she actually said well you know it got a little better at the end it was it was horrible it was horrible <laughs> oh. and then the hr department called me up and said would you like to test take this personality assessment. Would you like to do that? And I said, sure, I'm willing to learn. I mean, I'd like to learn. Nobody just, hadn't, hadn't, nobody had told me what, what to learn and how to do it and everything. So I took this disk analysis assessment and they presented me with a report, which was extensive, some 20 pages, something. And I read it and I said, oh no, that's me. That is actually me described in this. This is 100% accurate. And she said, do you recognize yourself? And I said, I do. This is painful. Mm -hmm. Would you like to talk about it? The HR woman said. This was not my aha moment. It was more like my oh no moment. <laughs> I've done so badly, you know. Is this what people see when they meet me? Is this what they perceive when I present myself, when I enter the room thinking I'm sort of some superhuman, which I wasn't and still isn't, and she said, yeah. And that's when my interest for human behavior started. Very egotistic. It was about myself, to be honest. I had to learn about myself. I had to learn how to understand myself. I had to sort of investigate and explore myself. And it was, I'm not joking, Jay, when I'm saying it was a pain. It was truly painful. And I could list situations uh in my mind one after another one two three four hundreds of them where i had really screwed the situation up by not listening for example for example or by just talking you know i opened the lid in the front there and out came well whatever i was a really spontaneous guy i i guess i still am in a way but i learned how to control the impulses more let's say uh, but it was really, really bad. So when I went back to managing after, I think, uh, two and a half, three years, it went actually really, really well because I didn't assume I knew everything. I didn't, uh, I didn't sort of, uh, I didn't, let's say, mis I didn't miscommunicate, I didn't misunderstand. I, I tried to really understand the people I was leading and and. and I mean, now I have an extensive library. You can see some of it behind me. I read one fictional book a week, and I've done that since, well, my early 30s, I think, and uh, continuously developing myself. But that was a starting point, actually. There are other, other sort of, uh, let's call it uh, milestones where I changed and switched a little bit, but that was the starting point, as painful as it was.
Yeah. I believe you're also an established crime writer. Is that right? That is actually true. Yes. I wow. published six uh, thrillers before I wrote about uh, idiots and, and uh, stuff. <laughs> is, is there any so, more yeah, on, yeah. on the cards for you in terms of writing more crime novels? Oh, nobody's asking for those nowadays. Everybody wants to hear about the Surrounded By series. And there's a new book getting published in English uh, this summer, Surrounded By Narcissists, which, which I think is kind of a good timing <laughs> to oh, yeah. send it out in the world because I think narcissism is on the rise, to be honest. I would suspect that you you agree with me on that one. So, yeah. and there's a new project. There's another book written I can't talk about, and and I know I have a list of ideas, which freaks me out a little bit because yeah. I am I passed the big five five oh some years ago, and and for me life is getting shorter day by day, week by week, as with everybody, as for everybody else. But I'm I'm sort of started taking notice about that now. So there's so many things I want to do. So that's why I get up so early in the morning. Congratulations for reaching the big 5-0 and for writing more and more books. I think we all need them. I, for one, love your work. So I, I am very much keen for this new book coming out in English, uh, Surrounded by Narcissists. And you, you are right. It is on the rise. And I guess my question to you would be, why in the world is it on the rise? What's going on with people these days, Thomas? Why is narcissism on the rise? Well, there's probably many reasons for it. For, to, to begin with, I believe it to be... Okay, I probably have to tread lightly here because I usually annoy people when I say what I truly believe, but I think it's a generation issue also. Uh, and, and the problem is probably my generation as a parent. We have taught our children because I have kids who are my my son is 30 for instance and my daughter is 20 turning 27 in in a couple of weeks uh and we have taught them to sort of you're fantastic you're great you can be anything you want you you everything you do looks like roses and, and smells like roses and, and you absolutely you're perfect as you are which is kind of not how i was raised because my 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 my, my folks they said well shape up buddy you know you know clean up your act don't sit around and wait you know do your job take responsibility you know you're not better than anybody else you know like that and so i think that has some effect and then also uh, the technology we have developed i mean social media it's so easy to put fantastic lovely stuff out there i mean nobody is spreading the news of the drunk uncle at christmas eve yeah. You show the beautiful setting on the table, you know, and your lovely garden and yourself, you know, fit and 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 and, and strong and, and, and you know, uh, looking good and all that. And I mean, a couple of generations back, you could compare yourself to well, to your neighbor and maybe the guy next to that. And, and you can see his car. And nowadays you can see the billionaires of the world driving Lamborghinis. And of course, some of us are envious about that. I understand that. It's a normal human reaction, probably. Uh, and then you want to look as good as that they do. And the problem with narcissism is that is not being successful. That is not narcissism, but trying to look extremely successful without being successful, yeah. pretending to be something you're not. That is narcissism. And I see that is 
hugely on the rise. So we can see that every day. People acting like they are on top of the world, but they're not. If they are on top of the world, fine. I have no problem with you. If you are pretending to be an expert on this area or that area, but you don't know what you're talking about, that's narcissism, actually. Just a couple of examples. And it is kind of spreading and we are learning from each other, I would say. Uh, and we can see it online, you know, chasing people, cancel culture. You want to bring people down because narcissists are, they are very envious and very jealous types. And they are also very rude and very, they can be really cruel, to be honest. When they see something they don't like, then they go after you. Because when they take you down, they will feel better about themselves. Yeah. Actually, it's a complicated psychological process, but it's 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 fascinating and scary, I would say, at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like more and more people have got ego problems these days. They want to be on the top. And, and that's largely due, I think, the society, as you mentioned, that we've created. Um, and how do we fix it? Thomas, is it possible to fix a narcissist or just get them to stop being a narcissist at all? Well, it depends on what kind of narcissist you talk about. Because if you talk about, uh, let's say, a born narcissist, then you can't do anything about it. That's like uh, like uh, trying to 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 treat or cure a psychopath because they are connected. Uh, all psychopaths are narcissists, but not all narcissists are psychopaths. To being a psychopath is much more, more that's, that's a much worse situation for everybody else, not for you, because you, you don't know. It's like being a, a hyena, you don't know. You just take what you, whatever you want. You don't consider yourself a hyena or a wolf or something. You consider yourself a winner. But the, the, the thing with narcissism is there, you have clinical narcissists, but it's one to two percent of the population in in the in in in, in the industrialized world. Let's say because that's where we have some some uh, data to 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 lean upon. But to lean on. But but when it comes to people acting like narcissists and acting and using narcissistic manners and, and behaviors, let's call them those, you can you can do something about because that's more of a habitual behavioral way of, of acting or being uh, in in the society you know you know like bragging uh, about you know your salary or or your 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 girlfriend or your car or whatever it is or how, how fantastic you are and or, or, or who you know oh i actually met you know insert any I don't name you like in any field you like, you prefer. But um, you can talk to those people. You can say to them, well, people, a narcissist wants to be liked, loved, admired, uh, you know, they want to rule the rest of us. But if you can actually sit down with them and talk to them and say, when you do these things, people actually start to dislike you. This is going in the, exactly the opposite way that you want it to go. So you're only creating more and more enemies around you and people are pretending around you but this is going i mean there's going to be a huge hangover at the end of the day it's going to take a couple of years maybe but then it's going to hit you like a like a rock in in, in your head and you're not going to like it so you better actually 
clean up your act and start behaving like a normal human being and paying attention to other people and, and be more generous, actually be more helpful and don't start every sentence with me or I. Don't do that. We don't like it and you don't like it when we do it. But it's it's tricky. It's hard because some people are so used to acting like this, yeah. actually. And, and if you heard all your life, to be honest, Jay, if you heard all your life that you are absolutely lovely and amazing, why wouldn't you think that to be true? Why wouldn't you believe your mother? Mm. Really? I mean, this is a huge challenge for our society, I think. Some psychologists actually claim that about 20% of the population have narcissistic tendencies. Wow. That's really bad. That's really bad. They've even got kids these days, they're getting participation awards and they're getting treated like they're the winners of, of a particular, whether it's sport or say academic feat of achievement, they get an award to say, well done. And what does that do? That boosts their little egos even more. And it's just, what's that going to do when they're, they're adults? Like they're going to feel even more entitled. Like you you create, it starts when they're kids, right? Like, and you just keep fostering that kind of behavior in that child. It's going to, it's going to multiply as they're growing up when they hit puberty and they start forming these further ideas. It's just going to make them much, much worse in society. And we wonder why we've got problems, right? Like, <laughs> it just... Yes, it, it, exactly. And I mean, it, it, it's annoying as, as hell. And it's it's kind of, I mean, if you hand out diplomas to 10-year-olds saying you were the last winner, you're fooling them. You're actually not doing them a service at all. And then you go to, to, to school and they say, well, everything is okay. You're great. It doesn't matter. You're fine as you are. And gymnasium, high school, university, still no real pressure to perform and to actually, you know, persevere and to really do your absolute best. And then you enter the workplace and your boss says, you have to you have to produce stuff here, otherwise we won't pay you. You know, I mean, the shocker! What a shocker! I have to come in every morning. Uh, yes, you have to come in every you time. You have to look neat and You have to comb your hair, and you can't come in in your pajamas. You know, shut up and sit down and do your work. You know, that's going to be a real mess. And then they, actually, they call their parents. This is not a joke. I <laughs> speak the truth, my friend. Speak the truth. <laughs> You know, I had a lot of, uh, I helped in the recruitment processes uh, quite a lot in the last 20 years. And a trend that is new now actually is that the parent is is uh, is uh, coming to the first interview with the, the young person who is looking for a job. And they can be, it could be your age. I mean, I know you would never do that. I understand, completely understand it. But it happens from time to time. And I have made on LinkedIn a sort of an inquiry, a questionnaire, and about a third of all the managers that I know this is in Europe, okay, but but still, they say they have some contact, have had some contact with the parent during the recruiting process. A mother calls and say, "Hey, I hope you take Bill here because he's a really good guy," you know, or, or a father say, "Well, you know, I'm applying for my son here. He's very driven, you know." Oh, is he now? Well, where is he then? <laughs> yeah, well, he's at home. He's coming if you want him, <laughs> you know. I mean, this is sci-fi. This is the worst part of it. This is, uh, they, they, this gets me paranoid, you know. 
it's a sort of a dystopian future. Is it real? Because then they stumble and they smack their finger with a with a hammer and they, they call their mother in their in their late twenties. What is this? I mean, I'm not saying we shouldn't help people. I'm not saying we shouldn't be generous and we should support everybody who is struggling and who is trying. But if you just sit there and wait for everybody, if you feel, as you mentioned, you use the word entitled, that is pure narcissism. I am entitled to whatever. And I don't have to give you anything. I just just hand it over, you know. Yeah. That is pure narcissism. And that attitude, that's not going to help. It's not going to help because people will reveal the true you. And they will say, we don't need that guy. He is not performing. He's messing things up, you know. He's late in, early out, you know, long lunches on the phone all the time, not working. Why are we paying him? So therefore, you are fooling, I guess, well, to say a whole generation would be an exaggeration, obviously. But a lot of people, at least, thinking they don't have to, they don't have to perform in order to, to you know, be applauded it's it's uh it's a huge it's it's a it's a dead end i would say and we have to get us out of it yeah. and it's going to take a lot of effort from a lot of people to be honest it, it has to start at home yeah. it's 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 the parents the parents has to put some pressure on on the youngster to say you know that's good but you can do better i believe in you i think you can do better you have to act you have to do something. You have to stand up and go away and do the job, you know. Then I will applaud you. I will buy you an, an, an additional ice cream. But first, you have to do the job, you know. Can I have the ice cream first? No, you can't. I'm sorry, buddy. You, you, you can't. You have to do the job first and show me that you are good at whatever it is, you know. Presenting good grades or cleaning your room or, you know, the small stuff. It has to start at home. Yeah. I truly believe that. If you want to change generation, you educate the kids. I wholeheartedly believe that. And I think there's also a fine line between being kind and making them entitled. Uh, you, you can help someone, but eventually they've got to stand on their own two feet and they've got to figure things out for themselves at the same time. Otherwise, you just breed that entitlement attitude and sense of behavior about them. And that's not going to help you and it's not going to help them. And it's not going to help who they teach as well. So I'm, I'm all for you on that front, Thomas. Honestly, I was, I was raised with my grandfather and even my parents. They're like, no, you're not an entitled spoiled brat. You're going to work. <laughs> uh, and my grandfather, actually, there's a funny Good lesson that he, that he taught me. Uh, we used to go over to his place and, and mow, his, mow his lawn. He didn't have to give us uh, pocket money at all, but he wanted to instill in us an excellent work, work attitude and work ethic so that we would not feel entitled, but we would be rewarded if we did a great job and if we had a great attitude. So he just instilled that within me and my, my brothers too. And I'm grateful for that because now I can – pass that down to my future kids one day and hopefully some of my friends and family can see it too. So yeah. In other words, I don't want to breed more narcissists. <laughs> yeah. Well put. I couldn't agree more. And, and that, that attitude is going to help you tremendously throughout your whole life. 
And that's what I am connected to what we said uh, just before, that when you 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 build you build your habits in your youth and they're they're hard to break. And some people will wake up probably after some great trauma or, or of some kind, I guess. Uh, and they will have to sort of rebuild themselves, but it's going to be hard. You can do it when you're 20. You can do it when you're 30. When you're 40, it's going to be really, really hard. When you're 50, forget about it. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a sort of a, you know, what's it called? Uh, close, near-death near experience. Uh, yeah. That's basically what it takes in order to sort of change yourself actively when you reach a certain age, and of course the difference between uh, between individuals. But 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 still, that's why it's so important to to. I mean, that might might sound a bit old-fashioned. I realize that, but my kids told me my daughter was she was actually just nineteen when she said, "Good that you actually pushed back and said, no, 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 that's not okay." She was nineteen when she realized why I was have been kind of uh, you know not controlling but at least firm where it, like, you, you can move be, between these boundaries you can sort of bounce back and forth between these but if you go beside the boundaries outside of them I'm gonna give you feedback yeah. we're gonna have a conversation sitting down I never raised my voice never ever because it sounds really terrible but so we had to sit down I had a conversation I said okay so you did this Nothing to discuss. This is what you did. To begin with, when well, yeah, did I really do it? Was it that bad? Well, you did it. We saw it. Don't talk about those things. But what will be the consequences and what can you learn? What do you think I believe is going to happen and, and everything's well? And just to not have those conversations, she tried her best because it was annoying as hell to sit down with her father discussing like a grown-up. Okay, so now you did this and it's going to result in that. So how, how do you like that? Yeah. You know, ooh, that's bad. And, and she said, that's what's really, really helpful. She has a really high work ethics as well. Uh, she she uh, And she, she tell, tells me that it might be old-fashioned, but it works because... I mean, you you need boundaries. I can't tell you where they should be, but you need them somewhere. If there are no boundaries anywhere, well, that's that's chaos, complete chaos, and the society is going to break down into bits and pieces. And we're gonna we're gonna you know go back to I don't know Stone Age. Mm. Some people say we will, but I'm not considering that the closest. Yeah. A lot of people are walking around with their heads not screwed on straight. <laughs> so I'm well, glad that I've got my head. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hopefully that we have to, see, we have to end this with something positive now, doesn't we? We we have to say something uh, more more lightly, don't you think? But well, it, it's a serious it's a serious finally. matter. It's a serious issue. It is it is mm, a serious sorry. issue, but we're we're here to, you know, say that, but also to breathe life into people like there is hope you know what i mean like and i'm grateful that you're on the 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 forefront of that with your work and you help so many people all around the globe including myself so i'm, I'm glad there are still people out there like yourself thomas that you know believe in this stuff and work hard at it every single day but to steer it to something that's a bit more lively and, and more exciting. I've got two quick final questions for you because I do want to be respectful of your time. 
Uh, really enjoy this conversation, by the way. Thank you so much. Uh, what do you love the most about yourself and your story? You're not a narcissist if you if you talk about yourself right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm Jay. I'm Swedish. We're kind of humble and very modest. Oh, let's not talk about me. How shall we? No, but seriously, well, well, we are. We are. Uh, what I'm most happy with myself. Well, that is probably that I'm. I'm really. I actually, I am the type who never gives up. I actually, I have a lot of setbacks and a lot of, I, I've been punched in the face, figuratively speaking, many, many times. I have never given up because if I have a sense that this is important, if I think I'm onto something, I mean, the book surrounded by idiots, not making this a commercial, but nobody believed in that because I was, an, I was a thriller author thriller writer. And uh, I was writing a book while commuting because the thrillers were about this behaviorist using four colors, red, yellow, green, blue, to help the police like a profile or the mentalist, if you've seen that one. That series sold pretty well here in Europe, was translated to seven or eight languages. So it was doing pretty well. But I was managing management consultant at the same time. And people called me up and they said, well, uh, yeah, they're nice stories, but you know, the two the guy in the books is using. Where can we read more about that? And I didn't know about any books on, on the disc profile, as an example. So after a couple of years, I said to myself, I was answering the question for the 500 times, probably. I said, Well, I had to write that book myself, and I'm gonna name it Surrounded by Idiots. And I wrote it while commuting on train for a year, 20 minutes here and 35 minutes there, but going through different assignments and back and forth. So I put it together and while doing it, I went to my publishing house and said, you know, I got, I got this fantastic idea. So I sold the idea to them, at least I thought so. And they said, that's the stupidest thing we ever heard about. It's a, it's a, it's a, firstly, nobody's interested in that stuff. Forget about it. It's a stupid title and it's an ugly cover. The cover is my own design, basically. And they said, this is just dumb. Forget about it. One good thing with me is I can sort out what piece of advice is good and what is bad. I yeah. knew that was a bad piece of advice because they were speaking on behalf of themselves, obviously. They, were, they, they, won, they didn't want to, to distract the sales of the thrillers. But I felt I'm onto something. So I wrote the book anyway. I went to, I think, 25 other publishing houses. Everyone turned me down and said, you're the idiot, they actually said. That is actually mostly what was mostly the case. And, and so I published it myself. I had to finance everything. I had no budget for ads or anything. I, I was driving around the boxes in the back of my car, you know, forcing the books upon people. Hey, take five, take two, take one book. Do we have to pay for it? They said, well, well take the bloody book, you know. <laughs> I did that for a year. And then I got it into the airports in Sweden. And then the sales went just boom. And we sold about a million books only here in Sweden. There's 10 million Swedes, you know. So that's kind of a successful title. Wow. And then we, I got an agent and now it's in out there in, I think, 45 languages. I think it's sold between three and a half and four million copies all over the world. That's just first title in the series. There's five other titles. So, and this is not bragging actually, because what it gives me is 
the sense of if I truly believe in something, I, I actually don't give up. Because yeah. if I like the title, if I like the design, if I like the way I put it together, I'm not a very unique person. I mean, I do what I do, but I'm not special in any way. So if I like it, probably a lot of other people will like it. Everybody will not buy it and, and, and fancy it and all that, but it's going to attract enough people, which it did. And it has taken me on, fan, on a fantastic tour all over the world, you know, talking to you now, uh, sitting where you are sitting and, and, and having this fantastic conversation. I mean, if I hadn't been there on, on, the, on commuting, riding, while everybody said I was an idiot, <laughs> that I like about myself, that I actually didn't listen and I persevered. I, I really do, and I still do, and I, I yeah, I like that about myself. That like was a long it. answer to a simple question. No, <laughs> Sorry, I, I like it yeah. honestly because I can I can relate to to some extent what you just said because uh, my very first book is about to be published in the US, yeah. and honestly, no That's one. Awesome. No one believed in it. I reached out to, I think, over 50 literary agents uh, and over 50 publishing houses all knocked, knocked me back, said, sorry, we don't even know what this is. We can't publish this. Uh, you, you don't have a big enough audience yet. Come back to us maybe in, in five to six years' time when you've got over, uh, let's just say, a million uh, Instagram followers, blah, blah, blah. The whole whole merigmarole, my friend, and I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to give up here because I know this book is is something special. I know it's going to help people. So let me just let me persevere for a, a period of time. And I always say as well, and I think you you can resonate with this too, is the level of persistence that you use in in that moment. It's just like you don't you just don't give up. You just keep on going, and you find a way. And I was um, I was blessed to to find a publisher that believed in me enough, gave me a chance, and they happened to be one of the largest independent publishers in the U.S. And they distribute all over the world, which is yeah, just amazing. So uh, I, I appreciate you actually sharing sharing that story. Um, it's fantastic with me. And, so and I think. That's also a good piece of advice to to anybody. I would say, even though people turn you down and, and try to put you down and say, "No, no, that this is a bad idea." If you think it's good, you have to you have to you have to you have to keep doing it anyway. Because if you don't do it, that shows us that you don't believe in it. And if you don't believe in it, why would anybody else believe in it? Exactly. If you believe in it. You actually have to work harder. That is just the way it is. And you won't succeed with everything. But if you haven't even tried, my God, you know, you're, you, 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 that's bad. It, it's worth testing and trying and experimenting and exploring. And it's, it's, we talked about it a couple of times already, but, you know, not giving, not giving up. It sounds like a cliche. It sounds like a simple thing, but it's so easy to give up. It's so easy to say, well, another day. Yeah. I mean, the, the worst two days in life is yesterday and tomorrow. When is that really? Really? Yesterday, forget about yesterday. Yeah. I'm going to work twice as hard today. Well, you could have done that anyway. You know, why didn't you do your job yesterday and tomorrow? Well, when is that really? There's always a tomorrow and, and all of a sudden you're 60. Bam. And then you're going to realize I messed up. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you know, you're, 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 
time budget is shrinking day by day. That sounds dramatic, but it is kind of dramatic. And as you said in the beginning of this conversation, Jay, you won't get a second chance. I don't believe in reincarnation. And if it is true, then you never, you can't take what you did in your first life anyway and, and keep on with that because you're going to be another person. So it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll, Life I'll is that. precious. Use it. Use it. Use it in a valuable way. Use it for, for, for doing something good for yourself, for other people. Yeah. If you can succeed for yourself, then you can actually do good for other people as well. But if you can't succeed on your own, that what good are you for the society in, in, in general, actually? You just said the meaning of life. <laughs> that's that's I don't really know what the meaning of life is. It's, I don't know, but I think I think that's part of it, at least. Yeah. yeah. To some extent. Yeah. Totally agree, my friend. Where can people find you, connect with you? I mean, it's not hard to find your books at all, but where do you want people to actually connect with you before I ask you the final question? Okay. Well, you can find me on surroundedbyidiots.com. Uh, on social media, I'm called Thomas Erickson Writer. Yeah. If you Google, uh, well, if you, if you look at Facebook or Instagram and you look at Surrounded by Idiots, you, you can't miss me. And what I do there, I try to, put out my own experiences and I put out my own insights and try to help people out just because, well, it's fun. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it's fun and to see reactions and, and uh, I'm not a good, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a good social media strategist. I, I, my, my poor, poor line of followers can see that I'm, I don't know what I'm doing there really because I'm good at this kind of interaction. So, but I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying, but you can find me there if you want. I, I can understand you. Uh, even though I'm young, I hate social media. <laughs> I just prefer this, to be honest. That's where our strengths lie, I believe. But Thomas, uh, this is my final question, my all-time favorite question. I love asking all my guests at the very end. It is a hypothetical one, but I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of argument. But they've been able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I would love that film to contain material with me together with my mother and my father. Mostly my mother, I lost my mother. I'm about to lose my father probably because of Alzheimer's or something similar to that. And it's a true pain. And those are the memories I really would like to cherish if I could. Yeah. That's beautiful. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much, Thomas, for your time, for your wisdom, your advice. Don't ever stop doing what you're doing, please. <laughs> we need you. But thank you so much for joining me today on the Storybox podcast. Thank you for the invitation. Much appreciated. 
really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the Storybox, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.